Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the podcast. Chris Graham joined by Rod Mullins. We're going to talk some NASCAR playoff action. And the uh, series was in Kansas on Sunday. And uh, so, Rod, uh, lots of stuff happening at the end of this race. Tyler Reddick uh, finally getting a win at Kansas. I say finally. I mean, I'm reading the ESP. I was reading the Associated Press story. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, on that 2311 racing team, uh, you had Bubba Wallace who won there last year. Bubba's in the playoffs this year. Last year, he won as a non-playoff participant during uh, at a similar race. Uh, Kurt Busch, uh, former former member of the team who's retired now, consultant for the team. He's won there. Denny Hamlin doesn't race for the team, but he's a co-owner of the team. He's won there four times. Tyler Reddick was the only guy uh, in that little group there who could not until yesterday say he had won a race there. What a time to get the win here in the playoffs, now punching his ticket to the next round. Yeah, he punches his ticket to the next round, and a bunch of them took big hits on Sunday in this race. And, uh, you know, I think I said this last week. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Uh, nobody is safe going into Bristol. And then by the time you get out of Bristol, you're either going to escape with the hair of your chinny-chin-chin, as the old story goes, or you're going to be sitting back in the holler and wondering what could have been this year of at least trying to hold it together and winning a championship. But yeah, Tyler Reddick yesterday, um, he left his car owner, Denny Hamlin, pretty frustrated at the end of the at the end of the race at Kansas, as he ended up beating Denny Hamlin to the finish line by 0.327 seconds. Boy, that's another thing to just rub salt into the wound right there. Hamlin led like 63 laps of the race. Uh, two seconds ahead of Reddick at one point when Chris Busher blew a right rear tire. There it is, the caution right there toward the end of the race on lap 261. And so they all had to take and, you know, make their choice. What were they going to do? They're going to take fuel, tires, whatever it's going to be to try to hold off. Um, Daniel Suarez tried to stay out there on 31 uh, lap old tires is what he did. He got the lead there for a little bit. And then Eric Jones, who uh, probably had his best finish he's had of the season. I think he finished in third. Uh, then Kyle Bush and Joey Logano made two tire stops, restarted second, third, and fourth. So it ended up being positive, at least in some aspects for them. But, you know, Kyle Bush didn't have a good start to the race. Um, he ended up having to uh, uh, have some uh I think a changeover or something in the garage is what ended up happening with him. Uh, he had to start at the rear of the pack, but he managed to come out of it. But I think we've got to say more than anything else. The one that is probably hurting the most right now is the one that we choose not to speak about on here. <laughs> and that's uh he is a, uh, he is at this point right now of like, we talked about it before we started recording. And that was this, you know, you're a car owner. And then you've got a car out there and you're driving for another team. So here it is. Which choice do you make? Do you make a choice to win the race, please your sponsor, or upset your driver or upset your own race team by going and letting, you know, beating him out? Or do you let him win? Well, Denny Hamlin made the choice. He let his, uh, he let his uh, car driver win the race and i'm sure somebody's going to be upset about it or somebody is saying something 
somewhere about it. So I, you know, it was, it was one of those days. It was one of those days for NASCAR. And I think probably two drivers that got hit the worst out of this was Bubba Wallace because he had, uh, was running second on lap 108 and then his right rear tire exploded, put him into the outside wall. And then, uh, early on in the race, Martin Truex Jr. He hit the wall and he smacked his car very hard. Um, ended up finishing it, finishing him out for the day. And he was pretty much done. I mean, the race was four laps old and then they were working lap four. And then at that time, Truex started slow on the back stretch and then slammed into the turn three wall and the result of a cut tire. So things did not go well for some of these drivers yesterday. Yeah. Uh, what that does for Truex and Wallace, uh, is, you know, they're they're on they're on the other side of the line right now. Twelve twelve uh, teams, twelve drivers will make it past uh, Bristol to the next round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And uh, Truex in thirteenth, he is currently what well, he's seven points behind twelfth. Kevin Harvick in twelfth right now. Mm-hmm. Wallace is now nineteen points back. He's in fourteenth place. And uh, you know, but if you're right now, I mean, I don't know. Um, I'm looking at so Harvick is, is at twenty sixty three in the points. And he's the cutoff line at number 12. Joey Logano at 2068 is an 11th, five points ahead of Harvick. And then uh, Chris Buescher, Christopher Bell, both at 2069 and 9th and 10th, respectively. Um, you know, we'll put Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He's at 2041. He's he's in Haley distance as well. Mm-hmm. Michael McDowell probably, and he's way back, 2023 in 16th place. There's, what did I say, that's seven cars that, uh, you know, are looking for, you know, Three or four spots. I mean, that's yeah. That and and, and and you know, and you mentioned Bristol. I mean, Br- Br- this is why it's genius to have Bristol as the as a cutoff play a uh, playoff cutoff race mm-hmm. uh, because of the close racing. It you know the short track. I mean, it's it, you know there's there's no room for no margin for error. There's there's no margin because you're everybody's right. so packed in there. And that's just going to make for such an exciting race this weekend. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to make an exciting race uh, more than anything else. Uh, if it's not exciting, then you're probably dead. I mean, this has got me kind of on the edge right now, wondering who's going to make it in. Uh, you had some other drivers that didn't do as well yesterday. Ryan Blaney didn't do as well. I think Joey Logano, they didn't finish uh, the best out of this whole thing. But still, looking at those 12 positions right there if for example kevin harvick has a bad race at bristol he's gone i mean there's no other way around it he's just plus seven in joey logano if he even starts the race and doesn't finish it and has to take a dnf he's out christopher bell in the same position all the way up as we're looking here kyle bush is sort of flexible on this ross chastain kind of flexible with it but ross chastain is still in a situation of where he's got to have a good race at bristol to make the cut because you've got all these other people nipping at their heels to try to stay in pace with them and i and i pretty much agree with you i think mcdowell unless something just materializes out of thin air this weekend at bristol he's pretty much out stenhouse i think i still think he's got a lot of fight in him bubba wallace martin truex Hey, if Truex has more trouble like what he did this past weekend, he's gone. And Bubba Wallace, if he does, he's going to slide by and he'll get in. But, you know, Bubba Bubba has driven good races at Bristol before. But then 
he always blames somebody else for getting caught up in their mess and says it was their fault. But it's like, you know, where do you go at Bristol? You're on the high banks. You don't have a very, you don't have a whole lot of room. Um, you know, it's make or break time for some of these guys. I like what you said. I mean, cause just like this, this past weekend's race, if somebody hits a wall early, uh, and they're one of those guys. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're not only is your race over your playoff race is over. And, yeah. uh, that's, that's going to be, I mean, that's going to make every lap hinged with everything as far as this right. goes, um, for, for a lot of these, these teams, I'll go back to Denny Hamlin for just a second. He, whose name we don't normally mention, um, he's in <laughs> third right now. Right. I wonder if he, you know, when he's got the chance in those last six, last how many ever laps after the, the last uh, restart, um, you know, he's got a fast car. He's been leading most of the race uh, or, you know, a lot of the late stages of the race. Um, and, and he's got a chance to win. If he's closer to that part of the pack where, you know, he he's, he's got a little bit of uncertainty, he's out there racing a little harder than he was, but because he's so he's, he, he, he is sitting so pretty right now in the standings, that probably gives him the flexibility to think hmm, maybe I'll just kind of move to the side here and let my my team my my the team that I co-own win, not the team that I race for win. Because uh, you know, and he may regret that later on, but uh, you know, he didn't have to regret that last you know, yesterday. Yeah, and here's the other thing too. I mean, according to the press, they went and they said that he kind of took this defeat in a kind of a philosophical way. That's about all you've got to do to save face in this one. When you go and you let your your other guy win win the race and and justify it, the second place run left him forty nine points ahead of Martin Truex Jr., which of course the first driver he's the first driver now below the cut round of uh, twelve. And this is what Hamlin said yesterday. He said, "Well, the five talking about Kyle Larson behind Hamlin in the top lane for the final restart, which is laying back so much." He's putting the blame over on, on Larson with this. He says, I was just trying to back him up. So I should have uh, kind of focused forward probably, but then it ended up giving Reddick the opportunity to get up there in front of us. And I was just kind of sleeping on the restart, looking at the rear view instead of looking at the front. So he had another really fast car is what he says. Just didn't need that caution at the end. Really? Is that true, Denny? Because you were half asleep then. That's what you ended up doing. You ended up not paying attention like you should have. And the caution, you can't control cautions. It's just like the weather. You can't control the weather. You've got to be expecting these sort of things. And, you know, when he says just kind of sleeping on the restart, I would agree with that. Uh, that's what he was doing. He was caught sleeping and, uh, you know, when you get caught sleeping too many times in NASCAR, uh, somebody's going to smoke you. And that's what ended up happening, even though it was his own, you know, as a car owner, it was his own driver. But still, that has to hurt. I mean, that's like pouring salt into a wound right there and, and just saying, well, I kind of fell asleep. Well, you know, you may have cost yourself a chance at, you know, at least getting up there in the points and getting a, a lock-in point like some of these other drivers did. You mentioned Kyle Larson's name. What was going on with him and Chase Elliott? Uh, some some little uh, dust up there. Yeah, there's a little dust up that happened on pit road, and a lot of it was, uh, if you go back and look at the video, you'll see Brad Keselowski coming out of there. Kyle Larson's kind of like in the middle. Chase Elliott's over on the outside. And then there's a little bit of a 
it looked like a squeeze play more than anything else, trying to make room till they could get out of pit road. And I don't know what happened, what Chase Elliott was thinking about it, but he goes back out. He thinks that it was Kyle Larson, which some people are saying he didn't see Keselowski. So I can, I can say that, yeah, he probably didn't see him, but uh, the way Larson talked, it was something with Keselowski as putting the squeeze on him, making it a little bit tougher for him to get out of pit road. And then as they got out to the apron, starting to go around, next thing you know, Elliot just goes and kind of leans into him and tries to, you know, bang him a little bit on the right-hand side. Um, I don't know if that's just frustration on Elliot's part, but there's something going on there. There's some kind of frustration that's, well, it's gone back to at least a season ago when these guys have had some run-ins. I know they had a run-in at, um, I think it was uh, Auto Club Speedway. They kind of bumped each other there and they had some issues and another couple of tracks. Um, something's going to have to be solved with this one. And it looks like it might be one of those meetings and being brought to the uh, Hendrick office and saying for both of them to kind of sit down there and to kind of calm down about some things. Yeah. You know, like, like parents used to do to the kids uh, who had siblings, you know, and you're going to sit there on the couch and hold hands and tell your friends. Uh, uh, <laughs> NASCAR should do that. I think Yeah, that would, NASCAR that would, should. Yeah. Now that would, that would, that would clear some of this up here. Um, so you are going to be in Bristol on Saturday right. night, 7.30 start for the TV. You'll be there hours ahead of that, uh, many hours ahead of that. So, um, okay, so let's set the scene here for our for our listeners and for our viewers on the YouTube. Uh, because, I mean, Bristol is always so much fun to watch on TV. I've never mm-hmm. been there in person. What is it like to be there in person, and especially now with the playoff aspect of it on, on top of that? Oh, the playoff picture with that being added, it is a much more, oh gosh, it, the excitement is kind of just overflowing. If you have a sold out crowd, which, you know, Bristol has had good crowds, especially for the fall race as they've had before when it was in August. Um, you know, I think the only time that they ever dwindled in any kind of um, strong gate was when they did the little bit of the cutting off at the track up there at the top and prevented a groove from happening. Uh, They've got that back now. They've got it to where at least you can go two, maybe sometimes three cars into the turns and stuff and hold position. But the excitement level is just unparalleled. I mean, uh, Speedway Motorsports puts on a show. And they will put on a show this coming uh, Friday and Saturday night. I'm going on Friday night, too, for the uh, Xfinity race because Dale Earnhardt Jr. is going to be racing in that one. So that's going to be a big one for him. Also, NBC's uh, uh, pit reporter, Parker Kligerman, he's going to be also racing. He's in the playoffs, as a matter of fact. So he has to have a good showing for that race. But then by the time we get to Saturday, it's going to be – it's going to be jam packed. It's going to be jammed in there with a bunch of people. Uh, they're going to be celebrating America. They love to do that, especially uh, in the fall race. They love to salute their first responders. Uh, and I'm telling you, it's it's more of if you want to compare it, it's almost like an Academy Award uh, sort of um, you know deal there. The way that the electricity is in the air. They will announce the drivers. They'll come out. Oh, my gosh, they'll have a concert. I mean, it's a big thing is what they'll be having. And, uh, of course, they'll have a truck race on Thursday night. They're going to race the trucks. But uh, I tell you, this uh, this race here 
this will be the one that could go. It could be over with quick if everything goes all right. No caution flags. But, uh, you know, we could be 11, 1130, 12 o'clock before we get a race finished, depending on who's uh, so hungry to try to get those points and what they need. Uh, there'll be people that try to knock them out of the way. I mean, I've seen excitement levels there before. Uh, I've seen it to where it's been through the roof. And then you uh, get somebody like at one time, Kyle Bush, and he swept all the races that weekend. There was this massive, almost like deflation throughout the crowd when he swept that race or that race weekend. Uh, but, you know, on the other side of it, Dale Earnhardt Jr. has done it before. Uh, it's been before I started covering uh, NASCAR races with Augusta Free Press. So it's going to be a big event. Uh, it's it's the cutoff, and there's going to be a lot of crying going on after the end of the race because somebody's going to miss their chance at being able to make it to the big dance and going to the uh, next uh, playoff set of 12. I was looking at the weather forecast for the weekend, and um... – you know, we, we here in Virginia, uh, both my part of Virginia, your part of Virginia, mm -hmm. uh, we've been going through the last week or so, an incredible heat wave, really the, the hottest we've had all summer. Mm -hmm. um, that's lifting now. I mean, as as we get to the weekend, uh, the high temperature in Bristol, I see forecast as of right now, is 78 degrees. Now, this is a night race. Mm -hmm. I was trying to see if I could find hourly uh, numbers there. The, I, I do the, the low temperature Saturday night into Sunday is supposed to be 56, but that's going to be more, you know, overnight hours into Sunday morning. Mm. I'm, I'm just going to guess here that you know, 730 with a nighttime start, um, as you mentioned, the race will go on for a while. Mm -hmm. um, you'll be somewhere in the 60s and you'll be falling through the 60s as the night goes on. How does that impact the the, the action on the track? If you were on a paved track, it would affect it immensely. It, I mean, it would just be big time uh, affecting it. Uh, we've seen that at some of the other tracks that have uh, Darlington, when the heat gets in there and stuff, uh, at least you've got a little bit of uh, a chance to be able to stick to the racetrack. But once that that pavement starts cooling off, uh, that's where it causes the problems and stuff. You've got to have some grip. You've got to be able to hold on there to the track and hope that that rubber that you're laying down there on the track is going to hold you on there. At Bristol, it's a little bit of a different story. You've got to put, put heat into the concrete is what you've got to do uh, because the sun is going to bounce a lot of that off. I mean, you can walk out on the track and you can tell a difference in the temperature from there to the infield in itself uh, because the infield paved black it's going to generate a lot of heat but uh you've got to establish the grooves as they call it get that rubber laid down and stuff and you got to make sure that they're making good speed around through there that they're able to keep that heat inside with that rubber and then onto the racetrack and they've got a good compound to hold them on there but if it goes and we have a rain something like that of a rain delay or something washes it off the track they've got to go back and reestablish all that again but yeah the weather will have a big impact on it one way or the other they're forced to try to be able to go and have a car that's going to generate some kind of heat and some kind of ability to stick to the track is what they're going to have to do i'm when I, i'm looking at the the possibility of rain really not much thursday right. two percent chance for uh, friday six percent saturday five percent so basically no chance of rain really to affect really any of those races, which is great news for racing fans and, mm -hmm. does, and, and thus plays in the way you, you suggest there. So, all right. Um, what can we expect? Uh, you know, who races well here? 
Uh, I mean, I always ask these questions. It's easy for me to ask, hard for you to answer. But who 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 tends to race well here, and and who do you think can um, you know kind of step up to the moment here? Well, you you've got people like I think I mentioned early on, and that was Bubba Wallace has has raced well here before, but it's not exactly been in a Cup car. He's raced before. He had some incidents that happened. Uh, I think when we had the All Star race uh, early on, and that was in COVID and so forth. Um, he didn't have some good luck there. Uh, but he races good when he does get uh, at least some open ground, some open air to be able to move around in. But he's been better in a late model car and one of these cars there, other than having the car that he's needed to be able to pull off a win at Bristol. So we'll just have to wait and see about him. As I look at some of the others, I'm going down through here and I'll say, first thing, you've got Joey Logano. Joey Logano in there. He loves the short track too. He loves short track racing. Uh, you know, he wanted the dirt track, but you know, Hey, the dirt race, but we, we've got a completely different surface now is what we're going to have. Um, uh, you've also got Tyler Reddick. He loves that racetrack. You've also got Denny Hamlin. He likes that racetrack. Martin Truex. He loves that racetrack. You've got a bunch of these guys that just love the short track atmosphere at Bristol. While you used to have some of them that said, plow it up. I don't care if you ever have it ever again at Bristol, but it is one of those experiences that it's true short track racing and you're giving it everything you've got. That's just a few of the names. Chase Elliott has raced there uh, well before. He likes a short track, a small to kind of an intermediate track, and that's perfect right for him. He could throw a big wrench, monkey wrench, into this whole thing of the playoffs, and he could knock some people down a few notches, knock them out of the playoffs, and he could pick up his first win of the season. That's happened. Kyle Larson would be another good one that you'd have to point out. And don't forget William Byron and then also with uh, Alex Bowman. Hendrick loves short track racing, and that's where they feel like most of this stuff has come from. Ryan Blaney has raced well, has raced well there before. Brad Keselowski has. Uh, you've got a whole list of people. Kevin Harvick, he's won there before. He's raced. Kyle Busch. I mean, it's wide open all the way that you look at this right now. And I think for anybody looking at it, if you try to discount a Kyle Busch out of this, especially at Bristol, he needs this race. He needs this race probably more than anybody else. He's at that fluctuation point. I mentioned Chastain there. If Kyle Busch has a bad Bristol race, it could very well put him to the bottom of the pile. And then we're talking a different route. We're talking, he's not going to make it to the playoffs. So it's just going to be interesting to see where all these guys kind of place out. They're going to have to race clean. They're going to have to race with a lot of intent. Uh, if you see a hole, you're going to have to make the hole. You just don't go and nudge your nose in and say, oops, I'm going to back off here. You've got to go with it. You've got to commit. If you don't, then, you know, you're going to cause an even bigger problem before it's over with. So, one way or the other, you know, it's it's going to be a deciding factor of who of the 12 gets into this next round that'll be moving on after Bristol this weekend. Yeah, no no room for Mr. Nice Guy. Uh, no, no, yeah. it's not. <laughs> uh no 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 signaling your turns and all. Yeah, you got to you got to take it. Uh, you're going to have a couple of long days and late nights. Uh, tell tell yeah. the the uh, listeners and, and viewers uh, what to expect from your coverage this weekend. 
Well, on Friday, I'm fortunate enough, uh, I'm getting off at uh, probably around three in the afternoon. I've got to do a full day's work when <laughs> teaching stuff. And then I've got to pack up and then I've got to head on to Bristol that evening and get there for the uh, for the Xfinity race. On Saturday, I'll want to get there probably mm, somewhere in the neighborhood of about noon uh, sometime. Get there early, make sure I'm catching up on any missed interviews or anything like that that's taken place in the media center or that's around the track, kind of make a walkthrough, kind of look at some things and see how they all go and uh, see where the, what direction they're going now. Some of the teams, uh, I may get a chance to go and uh, meet the uh, tire man, at least this time around for uh, Ricky Stenhouse jr. We met him. Uh, my son and I met him Um and Greg Donlin is his name. We met him at uh, Charlotte here several years ago when he was racing with uh, Team Penske. So uh, we'll have a chance maybe to talk to him and maybe some other people bump into them while we're down there. And then probably at around five o'clock, that's when it's going to be time to kind of head in, get yourself ready in the media center for everything else that's going on. Uh, and then from that point on, you're either going to be going outside, watching a little bit of the racing action, taking photos. If I take photos this time around, there'll be a bunch of people taking photos this time around for this one. Yeah. And uh, then I'll be in the media center and I'll just be watching things as they happen. And then once they get done with the race, they'll bring the guys in and they'll, they'll talk and we'll have uh, quotes. We'll have all that stuff coming from the, from the drivers, the, ones that were lucky and the ones that were not so lucky on Saturday is way it all it will all work out. It's a lot of fun. I know it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun yeah. as well. So yeah. uh a little bit of both there for for Rod. So for our listeners and viewers out there, yeah, uh a lot of coverage coming from Rod from on, on AFP's uh, channels uh this weekend. So please look out for that. Well, Rod, uh, I wish you uh the best of luck, lots of fun this weekend and thank you for your time today. I appreciate it, Chris. Thank you.